Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good. I don't know if Joe's there. <clears throat> Hopefully he'll join us if it if he gets this. Yeah, I think I saw him turn green just a <clears throat> second before you started it. Oh, there he is. He's there, but probably. I, oh, there he is. Hey, how's it hey. going? Hey. Hi, Joe. It's going good. I've been in the weeds all morning. I was trying to get a movie watched to talk about this morning. I did not quite get all of it watched. Uh-oh. That's what were okay. you watching? Uh, the Horror of Dracula, the um, Christopher Hammer? Lee. Yeah, Hammer movie, yeah. yeah. Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. You've been watching a bunch of Hammer movies recently. Yeah, I got a um, box set uh 10 hammer films or something like that and oh. it ra rabbit hold me and so i was uh i picked up a couple of other ones as well um, that's that's cool i i got a couple uh christmases ago um a hammer collection that run the gamut from a few of their horror to a lot of their like suspense thrillers and now uh, the last few are like action ones that honestly the that I watched weren't all that wonderful, so kind of slowed down with it. <laughs> sure. There's I wonder only if it's like the three, same three left, and they're all like ad adventure, action, adventure ones, and yeah, uh, not 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 my favorite. I, I wonder if it's the same set. Was it? Is it called like Tin Hammer Films, and it's got like uh, the Terror of the Tongs and um, oh, what was the one? The one I really weird one I like. There's like these kids that were radioactive, so they couldn't leave the island. That was good. I like that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's the same set, man. It probably, it, I mean, now that you're saying that, my, I think yeah. mine was called The Ultimate Collection. Yeah, I think that might be right. It's like a Blu-ray set. Yeah. 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 Mine came with 20 movies. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I have half of what you got. Oh, okay. All right. So, but yeah. like a lot of them are the same. But I'm telling you, I mean, I reviewed a few of them on the on the show, right, Mike? And um, like a lot of those like suspense thriller like murder ones were really really good yeah those were my favorite out of them more than the horror ones and certainly more than the um the adventure ones like that the tongs was was not great i i always forget which is which there's the tongue one and, and there's like a bombay pirates one or something those are the two that i've seen so far <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had seen those years ago. I actually did like the Tong one. Is that the one where they go and kill the little girl who's like asleep? I don't remember. Oh, it, yeah. it, it might be. Yeah. Uh, honest, honest, it didn't make much of an impact on me. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> when they're when they're bad and short, at least you can always say, well, they're short. You know. Yes. Yes, for sure. So, and I think the bulk of those are 90 minutes or less, which is always nice. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think coming up is a Robin Hood one, so we'll see if that one's any Oh, good. yeah, 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 yeah. I think you probably have, like, I remember when I got the um, monster one um, from Universal. I was I was like, hey, I got this. And, of course, I found out shortly thereafter, uh, Comics in the GA, Michael Lane posted, like, hey, I got this. And it was, like, the same thing, but with, like, every single iteration. <laughs> Dang it, I should have held out. That's what happens. I've got the biggest um, the biggest one I could find for those Universal ones. But there's still, I mean, there's so many Universal. I mean, they went, they went nuts between the 30s and the 50s. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I, they've never, as far as I know, they've never had a collection that 
literally included every single one. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, the one that I have is it, it's pretty good. It's it's got like uh, it, it's got some of the ancillary ones like you know like Dr- Dracula's daughter and the son of Frank, like all you know all those and right. it's got three of the creature from the Black Lagoon, and so that that was that was pretty pretty cool. I, I'm st- I'm working my way through those as well. Yeah, I, 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 yesterday I tried to do a Hammer one, an American Horror one, and uh, one of the Japanese ones, because right now I've got like just a ton of all the above that's back cataloged from, um, I got some late birthday presents the other day, and uh, just Christmas and, and birthday, like, that's the bad thing, when you have, you know, everybody talks about people forget your birthday when you're close to Christmas. There's that, but there's also the thing that, like, all your gifts that you're getting in a year are all at once. <laughs> and so you you literally, like, I, I almost get, like, overwhelmed, especially book-wise, because yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to read all these books, and then you, like, read one, and then you go, like, oh, my gosh, this stack scares me, and then you put them on the shelf, and then they never get read. <laughs> You go from feast to famine, right? It's yeah. like you got too much to choose from, and then yeah. you know, yeah. eight months later, it's like oh, I got nothing. <laughs> right. So it's one of those. You, you, you do find a way to to do a lot, though. You, you I try. Re- you read. You, <clears throat> you do. read a lot, yeah. considering all the activities and stuff you have with family. So. Oh my gosh, that was like today. Um, I I was it had in my head I was going to be able to do the bulk of the show today. Then I found out like a. Uh, Kristen's mom's coming over before lunch and then we're supposed a good friend of mine's moving away so uh, we're gonna go try to catch the museum and a movie with her this afternoon and I'm like Ugh. it went from like busy guy it went from nothing on Sunday to like uh, pretty much from like 11 here onwards it's gonna be packed so. <laughs> I know right and we got a birthday next week so we gotta we gotta go uh, birthday shopping for what Jack are you gonna go afternoon. watch Willie and the chopper bunch last last <laughs> time it was Roman holiday I uh, it's, it's just one of the you know how they do like the IMAX movies at the uh, mu- science museums mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember what this one's called but it's tying in with their narwhal exhibit so it's something to do with like the arctic and probably like large underwater mammals i have no idea it's the arctic yeah the narwhal is the one that has the horn right yeah they're so weird i thought they were made up the first time i saw like elk (laughs) i did not know that was a real thing and then i you know i i think you guys know i worked at the museum for a while and they had uh some narwhal horns on exhibit i thought it i had no idea it was like a real creature until i actually worked there yeah so I was just weird. talking, like in the past year, I was talking to coworkers, just mentioning something about narwhals because the the kids, you know, of course, get fascinated with that type of stuff. Right. And I don't remember who I was talking to, but whoever it was, they thought I was making this up. Right. I thought <laughs> it was fake too. I thought it was like some made I'm like, up. Oh, that's thing. a real. It's a real. It's kind, it's no, kind of it's like a not. a unicorn, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, an underwater one. Yeah, an underwater unicorn. So uh, here's my question. Maybe I'll find out at the exhibit today. I should hold this question in. But, uh, like, what the heck is that made from? Because, like, a rhino's horn is, like, hair. And so is, like, aren't, aren't like, deer antlers made from, like, hair? What is that horn made of? Oh, I'm not sure. I thought it was a long – I thought – I thought, and I could be wrong, and you'll find out. Is it a tooth? Can. I thought it was a long tooth, yeah. I think you might be right. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah. that's so bizarre. Yeah, very, very strange. 
You should so grow what? one. You should grow one, Rob. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I can do. Maybe it's like, uh, is it gerbils and hamsters? If they don't chew enough, your your front tooth will start growing. Try to only chew with your side teeth. Maybe, maybe get the front one to grow some. I don't know if that's real. Sure, you can sharpen it with something. Yeah, that's right. So this how the horror of Dracula. Have both of you guys seen this one before? I have not seen hardly any. I, I think films. I have. Okay, so I think it's the the first of their, or at least one of the very early ones of their horror, because um, the, the documentary on that set we were talking about um says that basically their earliest movies went out to uh, Warner Brothers to get oh. released. Because, you know, Universal wouldn't give them the rights to release any, like, stuff in the U.S. Of course not. Right. So, <laughs> I wasn't so, aware um, that they saw a theatrical release. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- these were in the theater. I um, always thought it was overseas. I didn't know it saw U.S. theatrical release. I think they were much bigger <clears throat> um, overseas than, than here, but I could be wrong. Right. And that's how all those weirdo movies um, on that box set that I think you and I uh, have iterations of are because they were like the leftovers that mm-hmm. weren't the big films. And they ended up going out through, uh, I, can't, I think it was Columbia at the time. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, which is what, Sony now maybe? I can't remember how the, all those studios work. But anyway – so all those movies went out through Columbia because they just did like a huge package deal. But uh, the the interesting thing for this, it's like you think you're watching these movies and you, one of these days they're going to be similar to the original Bram Stoker book. And they're still not similar mm-hmm. because they're like, OK, you can't do the version that they did in the U.S. with Universal. So maybe they'll do like closer to the novel. And it's still not the novel like uh what's his name mina's husband in the book um jonathan jonathan yeah yeah jonathan's in yeah harker he's engaged to lucy and in the very beginning he gets turned into a vampire yeah and and, uh lucy um she gets i love the whoever's playing lucy she does such a good job she gets all hot in the pants anytime uh you know it's like sundown and um (laughs) but then like she'll have this fear of dread when actually Dracula's coming. So she'll look like an excited little kid. And then the minute he actually shows up, she like gets super fearful. It's like really cool the way they, uh, she acted it out. But yeah, it's like, and I didn't finish. I only got the first half watch. Um, but it's so funny to me that, that here they had a chance to make a clean break from, you know, the Bella Lugosi version. And no, they still do like their own iteration. It's nothing like the, uh, the book at all the book, yeah 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 i actually i think i might have covered that one um at, at some point or at least briefly discussed it because you know i thought it was very interesting for the same reason and yeah um yeah uh, i mean i'm a sucker for the universal one so those are always gonna be the ones that i like the best but right um these are interesting as well I do like the big festering wounds that the the teeth leave. It's it's pretty funny. They look like these, <laughs> these huge festering bug bites or something. It's pretty gross. Yeah, it's good stuff. Though. Well, he had a longer lo- longevity as Dracula. That's for sure. 
Ooh, oh yeah, no doubt. It's probably the longest. Like I don't know anybody who's played Dracula as much as him. I um, I I'm trying to remember what was the first Dracula I saw as a kid. Probably like something on PBS or something. I just remember it being like super gory. There was one we watched in uh in uh. Not honors. It's kind of like honors, but it wasn't. I don't remember what they call it when you're the smart dorks in school. They peel away, like in like grade school. Honor society or what? Something like that. So basically, yeah. like once a week, you go off to a different campus and do like really focused uh, studies. And yeah. Like, but anyway, I remember for one of those, we did a, a section on mythology and basically it'd be like cryptids now or something. <laughs> But I don't think we knew what the hell cryptids were back then. At least I had never heard the word. No. Um, but but the, for the the vampire one, I remember we watched this PBS version of Dracula, and it was so bloody. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it scared the crap out of me when I was in like fourth grade. That's pretty you know, funny. Like my geysers. first one was uh, Bella Lugosi. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember when I see. My mom was really. I do you remember. I, do you guys ever remember like the library having these little thin like orange books that would be like each monster would have one like there'd be a Frankenstein one and like a Dracula one and an Invisible Man one or something like that? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Well, there I, I little... remember checking out like movie monster things that had photos from all the movies. Right. Yeah. These were basically what they were, and each one would be like per monster so there'd be a frankenstein one and it'd have frankenstein from universal frankenstein from maybe even uh japan and hammer because i think there was at least one version of frankenstein over overseas that wasn't from europe but anyway uh, i just remember my mom would like get really mad if i like checked him out from the library so the only time i'd actually <laughs> get, i only i'd only ever get to read them would be like um at the library when she was had either dropped me off or something so uh that was my mom was not into monsters or comics or any of that stuff. That was no, all. That was all the, uh, I remember checking out Dracula from the library, but it was a uh, illustrated Dracula, like black and white. Mm. Well, that's like it cool. was a paperback. Do you uh, guys remember there was an ad <laughs> that was running in the comics in maybe mid '80s about like all these classics for like. Um, I don't know, some like 40 classics for like $10. Do you remember that? I never could figure out how that would work and what those were going to end up being like. I do remember that, yes, but I never. Well, I never I never, I never ordered it. I always wondered what in the world it would be. Yeah. Like, like how, I mean, how could they feasibly send like whatever number of comics it was? And they couldn't have been full-size normal comic books, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> I mean. Even even in the eighties, books were running sixty five, seventy five cents. I think at that point when that ad was running. So, yeah, for sure. I don't know what the heck those would have been. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mike, what have you been up to lately? I've been watching Star Wars Rebels. Have you been watching that? Have you watched it? I haven't. I I did Clone Wars only. Yeah, it's a must. It's a must watch because it's sort of like the bridge between. Uh, well, it's it happens right before Star Wars. Okay. Because, well, you know, you know, you know that Darth Maul survived, right? 
Right. Yeah. He's I even he even shows up. I think like, it's what so the hell low. Are you talking about? Well, no, the, you, you you miss out a lot. You Michael, you, you, you don't know you anything. Cut in half. You don't know anything. Like you don't <laughs> if you you don't watch the cartoon. That? You don't watch the cartoons. How could anyone survive that? <laughs> Rob, you saw Solo, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he shows up at the end of it. He does. Yeah, he's talking. He's talking to uh oh, Han's girlfriend from uh the original planet Corellia or whatever. I yeah. can't remember. You uh, know, Amelia Clark. Well, he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. he's big in yeah. he's big in Clone Wars. Like yeah, he is big in Clone Wars. No, he's not. He's half the size. Ah! No, he's he's <laughs> just as big. Actually, he he looks like a huge spider in Clone Wars. Right. Well, and then and then he gets his like robotic legs, which make him look more like a regular. What you, you can't what tell. What episode do they get into how he poops? No, no, I don't think so. No, it's gotta it's gotta come out the metal end though. I mean, he was still half <laughs> half of his intestines. Right, yeah. he has his torso. Yeah, his brother goes to get him, and he finds him, and he's been he's been like uh, uh, saved by these like spider people. And it reminds me of like the Star Trek where they don't do a good job because they don't know what a person's supposed to look like. Mm. And uh, and so he's like half spider and he's like out of his gourd crazy. It was it was a good episode. Yeah, that's all from Clone Wars. And yeah, it, you have you have to you have to watch it. It's really good. It's four seasons of uh, really good cartoons, kind of two Jedis, Kanan and uh, Ezra, who's like a yep. kid. And uh, it goes into like, like them actually finding Ben Kenobi and another Darth Maul, you know, clash with Ben Kenobi. It's pretty awesome, but it 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 makes so much more of the history make sense. Even Mon Mothra, you know, right? Like it, it's really, really, really good. And it introduces a robot called Chopper, and he he makes R two D two look like shit. Like he's just badass. <laughs> He is totally I, I, awesome. I, I swear, every time they introduce a new droid, I like go like, "Oh, this is my favorite one!" Like when they yeah. had the, the droid in um, Rogue Squadron. Rogue I was like, Squadron. Okay, this is, yeah, I love that guy. And then yeah. the the one that was just in Andor, the little dude with the stutter, I loved him too. So well, they know, introduced they... two two droids. One is Chopper. He he's he's awesome. He's like. He he's like way better in terms of like he can do a mission almost himself. Plus he's got attitude. Like he he's got a hardcore attitude, and these little arms will come out when he's throwing a fit, and he'll just like he'll start waving them like in the air. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but there's uh, another droid they obtained that was uh, a Death Star protocol droid. I I had the action figure. I, I don't know if it was wave two of the Star Wars 1977 line, but there was like a droid protocol. They have one that become works starts working for the rebellion, but it, it's really cool because you see Grand Tarkin like like him get really come into prominence, and like Thawne, like you've heard of Admiral Thawne, who's who's oh, yeah. Star Wars. I read I, first those novel. are the book, I've read those books. Yeah, me too. He he is like prevalent in this series and he's so methodical like he's just he, he is really awesome so he's like the main villain 
It starts off cool. with one other guy that's a villain, but he starts working with the rebellion. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it is really, really good series. And Mike you get the... you get Wedge, you get Wedge, and the uh, the other guy that's not Dak, but I forget what his name Hobby. So like okay. you you get you get introduced to some of the pilots that I used to know all their names because there wasn't many of them that they would name. (laughs) But the, the, you get an appreciation for like the Y wing fighter too. Like, like it is an awesome plane. It is really cool because they, they, those things have, those things have ion cannons on them. And what the ion cannon allows them to do is disable shields. Yeah. So it it is so cool because yeah, it disrupts they could the electronics. Ha- yeah, yeah, they could have a a star destroyer, like three star destroyers come out, and if they can disable the shields, that's a, like a big thing. Mm-hmm. So was the protocol droid? Was it the one that kind of had almost like an ant look to it? Yeah. Like the really okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think originally it's like a little snout. I think originally it was called Death Star Droid. Yeah, on the, the, the Death Star Droid? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he basically had 3PO's body and kind of like an ant-looking head with the two mm-hmm. really big eyes in the he was snout. all He yeah. was all silver. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the first 12 for yeah. the action figure. Yeah, he was I a believe. cool one. I don't think I ever had that one. I still have all of mine. They're all in... I was a spoiled brat. Pristine condition. I don't. I didn't destroy him. My brother destroyed all his toys. I was real. I was really played with, but they're not destroyed. I played with them, but I was really like good with keeping all the accessories and putting them in the cases the way I had them. After them, like I don't know, just like putting them away and stuff like that. I, I think a lot of them, a lot of the accessories are gone. Yeah. Did you have like the collector case? Oh I yeah, had, I had the Vader one. I uh, did not. I had the the the, like, the vinyl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, like it had the the scenes um, mm-hmm. on it instead. Did you have a case, Mike? I had a case that I didn't. I didn't buy the like the Darth Vader or C three PO case looking. I I bought the standard square ones because I always like would drive me crazy like. What am I going to fit in these corners? Like, I was real, <laughs> real anal retentive about size. And it right. was like, I don't like the legit, how this thing is put together. Like, it looks cool, but I want to be able to fit everything equally, if it yeah. makes sense. Like, I, if I have five tall figures, I want to be able to fit them. And then the case, you have to fit those yeah. ones with the Darth Vader. You have to fit them towards the middle. So, yeah, I remember the one cool thing about um, the Darth Vader case was I would pl- uh, pretend it was prison because they would have that bar across the middle. <laughs> so I, I had like my rebels on one side and I had the Imperials on the other side. So, you know, if you're like if uh, you're playing uh, like in a, on an Imperial planet, you would have like a jail and have all your rebels locked in on the one side. Yeah. They, they had little name tags too. My yeah. problem, Mike, was when you would get new ones that um came out after the set, and you'd be like, "Well, they don't have a spot, so yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with nine numb?" You know. <laughs> I actually, I actually was prepared. Like I'd buy cases ahead of time, 
like and not have them full so like if i was getting close to filling up one i'd already have another case gotcha it's kind of like i have comic boxes i buy them by the 20s so i don't have to deal with it (laughs) so that's funny yeah. No, I just had the one. I had the one case, and then that was it. And then after that, I had a shoebox. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where, so I, where I, all I the have, extras went. went. I have the, the Star shoebox. Wars cases, and then I have a bunch of superhero cases for the superpowers collection. I had the and then superpowers. I, and then one. I have uh, the Dick Tracy cases that I put. The Dick Tracy cases, I put Dick Tracy characters, but I also put um, Ninja Turtles in there because they were from Playmates, so they were all sort of designed the same. And then uh, the other odd case I had was like Swamp Thing because there was a Swamp Thing animated series that had a bunch of like Swamp Things, and I bought most of them. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that it had an animated show. Yeah. Swamp, Swamp Things probably thing. had the... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, <laughs> it, it literally took Wild Thing and said Swamp Thing instead. <laughs> he He's probably had... Is one of the most successful adaptations to, to other media because he had, like, two movies. Yeah. And then before any of the other characters were getting movies, I mean, it, he had a USA... TV show. I remember yep. that show because it had the like uh, the guy who killed John Lennon was one of the actors. Uh, he had, he wasn't the guy who killed John Lennon, but he had the same name. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, how did he get out of jail? I got to go film a series. Okay. <laughs> and well, then give they, me the weekend. Yeah, and then they had um, the cartoon. Right. And and then he's he's he spawned out another series for the just recently that was really good but didn't spawn a second season and, probably And now he's going to have a movie. Money mismanagement actually it sounds a lot like it was yeah. spending money I think in Georgia and taxes and I don't remember yeah. what was happening but it wasn't a pretty that... sight. That hit at a weird time, too. I feel like that was right when they were trying to figure out HBO Max and DC Unlimited. They were. That tra- it, it changing over to comics over. only. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then they kind of got, got the. Got and now they announced around. another Swamp Thing, like uh, no, the James Gunn. So uh, there you go. Speaking of Swamp Things, I was looking to, pur- to purchase the, uh, the one that was it Wes Craven did the other day. And it looks like the only in print. One is like uh, not an American region one. Do either one of you have a region free Blu-ray player? No. Okay. I was looking at looking at those, and they they go from kind of crazy prices to uh, not as insane prices, like anywhere from like twelve hundred to like around three hundred. So I didn't know uh, if anybody bought one because I don't I don't want to spend twelve hundred bucks, obviously, but no. You know, two hundred ish, maybe yeah. after we get our tax return, I'd, I'd consider it so we could watch some stuff we couldn't watch otherwise. So you can't find a a, a region one uh, DVD anywhere. Uh, I think you can probably... find a DVD. You probably can't find the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would get it in a pinch, but I'm that's one I kind of want to have a nice copy of. Yeah. So. 
I was wondering if uh, anybody had done that before. Jack has like a Xbox, the, the newest one that does all that. And I'm like, I, I don't want to spend as much as one of those things cost. I have a, <laughs> I have a VHS one. There you go. <laughs> there you I, go. And, and a DVD of that movie. <laughs> I don't think hilarious. I have the, I don't think I have the second one with Heather Locklear. But, That's uh, really funny. You said that though, Mike, because I, uh, when I was on Amazon looking, they said VHS, uh, order now we'll restock later. I was like, there's no way. But I was like, why not? So I ordered the VHS one for like eight bucks. And of course, like <laughs> four weeks later they go, we do not know when this is going to be back in stock. And I'm like, yeah, probably like never. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Maybe they'll make a comeback. Who knows? Tapes are back like cassette tapes. So yeah, literally who knows? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I don't. And I, I, I finally I don't um, get all that. I finally watched X because I saw you did. Well, it's a thirty day. I saw that I could get a thirty day trial on Showtime, uh-huh. and they they just premiered everything always always at once or whatever. We want to see that everything. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, they yeah. had they had Pearl. I didn't get it in time though. It's gone already. They had X and they have the Fletch Confess and I I'm a big Fletch fan so I wanted Fletch what I, can you say about Fletch I wanted to watch <laughs> Fletch the new one so uh-huh. uh I only have three days to watch it though it's already gonna leave Showtime so wow and you better I, get I'll on I have to watch it tonight I'll probably have to watch that tonight but yeah I want to watch Pearl now but it was it wasn't anything I expected like I expected it to be an X-rated thing, like like making of or you know that stuff, just by the right. title. But I I didn't expect like who the villains were. The I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what'd you, what'd well, you did think? you like it though? It sounds like yeah. kind of. I I, I I liked it, but uh, it was like I still think like there were other like I liked the menu more and Barbarian a lot more. Mm. Okay. Barbarian. I, I thought I thought it had I I thought this one was kind of like your straight similar texas chainsaw or uh ten thousand house of a thousand corpses just with a different i just thought it was so different well twist done. i i don't know maybe i just just hit me at the right time but i absolutely loved it in saying that mike because you haven't watched Earl enough is, pornos is one, is that's why 180 different <laughs> well uh, i i, I imagine it to be i the, it was. I thought it was amazing that the same actress played. Yeah. The character, like, two characters, but uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see. I don't know. I guess the husband and Pearl's past. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I'm curious. I don't know what it'll be. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have any expectations. Well, yeah, and I, and not to give anything away, but. Like this, I would say, just like you said, in Texas Chainsaw and stuff like this, he purposely filmed this movie kind of like a late 70s type right. horror movie. Pearl is set in the, I, what is it, late 20s, early 30s or something, Joe? Uh, it's, it's, it's the late teens because it's World oh, War I. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but he filmed that the same way that like the Wizard of Oz era movies were filmed. Oh, cool. So you need to go in knowing that you're get that. I mean, that's it, it's all you know. He's doing it on purpose. It's they're they're 
Yeah, infor- unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. I mean, you have to either rent it or buy it. And I, I think I'm just going to try to wait it out and see if it pops up in something in the next six months. Yeah. Well, I think one thing they did really well that makes I, I it is an homage, I think, to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and slasher movies in general. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things it does really well that is different than a lot of those movies is it really focuses in on like the difficulties of being old and the fear of aging and all that kind of things that I don't think necessarily always pops up in a typical slasher movie because, you know, the fact they still have these desires and wants and they can't really do it. And it's like, it it did, it did, it did from a a very subtle perspective. Yeah. I I actually think what showed getting older more successfully than that movie is clerks three. I I thought, (laughs) I, I thought it did a fantastic job of showing, how sure. age affects somebody. <laughs> but I'll be looking forward to the third one because oh, I'm sure that's going to be filmed 80 style. Oh, yeah. It'll probably be on like VHS. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, Tyler Sheridan. Like uh, he did 1883 and now he did 1923. And I'm all caught up and I freaking love it. And Yellowstone is like the best show ever. And so I started Tulsa King. I, like I think that guy's amazing. Like mm-hmm. he 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 does TV shows. Like I like to read comics. Like I, there there's not too many TV shows that can keep this old man up late. And his <laughs> his shows, I'm like, let's go to the next one. I can't leave it like that. I have to stop his shows like in the middle. Like if I wait till the end, I'm like, let's go to the next one. And I just keep <laughs> oh, I just man. keep going yeah. through them. I get you. Alias used to be like that. Alias would get that lull in the middle of an episode, right? Because uh, if you watch to the end, there'd be a huge cliffhanger to take into the next one. And that's how I used to watch it on DVD. I'd watch like like an episode and a half and then be like, okay, we're going to stop. And that's like, funny. Yeah. yeah. We so, watched Infinity Pool last Monday. That was a wild one. Um, I'm not David, aware of that. Yeah, it's mm. David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. Uh, Mia Goth from X is in it, and uh, Alexander Skarsgård's in it. Um, these rich people go to this kind of like third world island, and it, their resort is set off away from everything else. But uh, Mia Goth and her, I think husband, I wouldn't swear to, uh, uh, tempt Skarsgård and his wife to like go have a fun night on the town. So they go out, they get drunk. Uh, Skarsgård runs over and kills a native islander. And it turns out, like, any punishment that you, uh, anything, any crime you commit, the punishment is death. So the, the way this island keeps itself funded is they they get these richies to come into their resort. They have them break a law, and then they murder them, right? <laughs> but this is where the sci-fi hits. If they can afford it, instead of killing Alexander Skarsgård, he can pay to have a clone of himself created, and that clone will be murdered in front of him, or executed in front of him. So basically, they pay all this money, creates a clone of him, it gets executed by the the son of the islander who he had killed, and he has to watch it. Hmm. So what happens is, these people, these richies, get addicted to seeing themselves murdered, and (laughs) 
And so they keep committing crimes over and over, and that's how the island stays funded. It is wild. Wow. Yeah, and it's one of those weird enough, I think Mike and you, I might recommend it to, and the average person, I don't think they're going to like it. It gets too weird. But uh, it, was, it was a really cool little movie. Um, I don't know how many screens it's on. It said limited release, but and we were lucky enough we got it the first week here. So, also, yeah, was it's, that, it's at the theaters? Is that? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it, it was, like I say, it's limited release, which probably means it's going to be streaming quick. You know how that yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, Stuff, little movies like that. Probably. And like I say, it's way too weird to like ever become like one that's going to be playing at like some small podunk town. Yeah, the, we saw the the new N. Night Shalomalan thing. And it was good. I don't think he, I don't think he like, I know he wrote the screenplay, but he adapted it from a novel, so like it oh, wasn't yeah. his original thing. But uh, it is it is really cool. I'm, I I like it a lot. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that as soon as it comes out on streaming for sure. We really don't go out to see much movies anymore. It's just so expensive. We we hadn't been to a movie in gosh, it, it's been a long time. Yeah. Usually Where'd we you... go a lot, but there's been like a drought of. There was a drought. It's yeah. like it's like all that's playing is Avatar, and Barb won't go see Avatar because she hasn't even seen the first one. So, it's like. Well, I mean, not only that, but you need to pack a lunch. You got to bring a pillow for over. I mean, the movie, is, what you know, four or five hours. I'm not long. that. I'm not. I'm not that old yet. I can still do that. <laughs> oh, I'm speaking. For I might. Myself. I might have to go yeah. pee once, but I don't need to. To do all I, that stuff. The, the, I, the movie. I don't know. It's. It's. I like the first Avatar. Don't get me wrong. I like it too. I I just haven't had. I'll see it at home when I can stop it in the middle when I want to. Avatar is weird though. I don't have any desire to go do it. Like it's so weird. I don't know why it's not a bad shot film. I I just don't know what it is. It looks. I loved the first movie. I have no desire to go see the new one. I don't know why. I don't either. I can't explain it. That's like that Babylon movie. I really want to see it, but I don't want to sit through three plus hours of it in a theater. That one looks so interesting because I, I have. I think so too. I, I freaking have no idea what is going to happen in that movie. I kind of like read that. Read a little like... bit about it. it. It sounds like it's insane. Yeah, a lot of yeah. debauchery. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I had a friend of mine at work. She said her parents were there, and there was this orgy scene that just kept going and going and going, and they finally got up and left. Um, yeah. So, but I think, yeah, it's just supposed to be like early crazy Hollywood before, you know, all the censors and the Hayes Committee and everything started taming it down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mike, I wanted to ask you before we got too far, what, um, did Mrs. Myers watch X2 or did you watch it by yourself? No, she oh, watched yeah. it. She watched it as well. And what did she think? I think she felt about the same as I did. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It kind of... Fi- hits that creepy factor but it's not scary at all like it's weird it it's creepy because of i don't know older people i guess (laughs) (laughs) i mean the creepiest scene i thought was the bed scene where she's in bed sleeping and with her yeah oh i love that yeah that that, that's probably the scariest part no i agree i i I, I felt bad for the guy to be honest with you (laughs) i felt bad for the guy that was the porn star, you know, like the Marine. Like I, I yeah. just like he, he got done wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. He 
there was a couple people that deserved it and some people that didn't. Like, I, I actually thought, you know what I thought they did really well um, is the fact that Wednesday Adams was in it and she, <laughs> she well, well, no, I, I just saw the conflict within the guy who was filming it. Like, yeah, he, like, I thought that was like the most stressful piece of the film because this guy really liked her like, and he didn't want her to go into this world right? and she wanted to. And, and it's like, he couldn't like in his mind, he couldn't deal with it. Yeah. It, no. it was like, it was like uh chasing Amy, you know, like the, the whole thought <laughs> of uh, him dealing with who he fell in love with. It, it, yeah. It was, it was interesting. I, I know what I would have done, though, if I was in his case. I would have gotten the van and just backed up. It's got a reverse, and I would have turned and just left. Like, But he didn't I, know she was going to, like... No, but he didn't need to meat. help her. I, I, I would have just been creeped. I say, I would have honked my horn, like, come get your wife, and <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm sorry. And I would have still kept playing uh, Blue Oyster Cult in the van and just left. <laughs> Rob, so, uh, sorry, but that's just a little too creepy for me. Did Stacy watch it with you? No, I watched okay. it late one night. Yeah. Okay, Kristen and and my friend Anna watched it with me, and yeah, Kristen Kristen liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. The the one thing I, I talking about their deaths, I thought was clever slash funny. Um, there's a scene where uh, the main female porn star is coming out of the um the building they they dance at or whatever and it shows her walking out of the mouth of an alligator and of course, <laughs> and of course she gets eaten by an alligator and then there's the bit with the soldier like you were talking about uh the former soldier you were talking about mike and um he said it, early on he says something like i've had uh farmers pull guns on me before and how does he die that's yeah he dies from a shotgun blast so yeah, yeah i thought both of those were kind of clever yeah I did, yeah uh, it, it's a real like uh, like you said a real i thought it filmed the porn uh, porn good too because i watched a lot of early porn in high school <laughs> and i i thought the angles and stuff that were shot uh-huh. they, they were they were pretty classy like it was it was you know, well, exactly yeah. like a 70s porn well you know the director said that you know it was tough but he went he did a lot of research before oh, i bet yeah so, i bet make sure he got it just right there's a lot of oldies out there, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, I hope you like Pearl. It's it's definitely a different animal. That's the only thing I'll say about it. Well, um, I, I could say, like, it's a horror genre has been very innovative lately. Mm-hmm. Like, um, they, they've been thinking outside the box. I mean, with, like, mm-hmm. the menu and Barbarian and X and... I, you know, even the latest movie I saw, the Cabin one, it yeah, they're very innovative. Whereas I feel like the superhero genre has been kind of like following the same beats. So, yeah. so like, I almost rather go to the theater to see a horror movie than mm-hmm. to go see a new superhero movie because I just think I, I've been saturated with it, like oversaturated. And yeah. I don't think there's been anything lately that makes me think outside the box. 
Well, I mean, and there's there's reasons for that too, of course. It it all has to do with money, right? Yeah, yeah, I I, I understand that, but horror tends to do really well. Like if you look at how much they spend to make the film and how much they take in, they are like way more successful. They're not spending billion dollars to make make a film to make to make. Hopefully, the film makes two billion. They're they're making a thing like for ten million. And they're turning it around into eighty million. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Or more. X, X and Pearl were a million a piece to well, make. I mean, there you go. Yep. I mean, that's yeah. where Bloomhouse and everything else has been like kicking ass. That's and, and that's where you know you can get a, a studio to say, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want, because what do they spend? A million dollars. Yeah. They, 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 they think they can get the return on investment, and I think. I think like the James Gunn announcement, that was kind of exciting. Like, I don't know what you guys thought about it. I, I thought some of the things I was more interested than see, seeing than other things, but I just, like, I got excited when he started talking about the stuff that wasn't already in development when he came along. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Like the Aquaman flash stuff and went, eh. um, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel exactly the same way, Joe. I don't, I don't, I don't really care about any of those. Those Shazam, yeah, Aquaman. I don't, I. And as much as I love that first Shazam, this new one's not doing much for me from the trailers. No. Not <laughs> from the trailers, but I, I have hopes just because of the. I, I'm a Shazam nut, so. I will watch it. I, 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 I just, I, I just, uh, I just have, I, I hope it's as good as the first. Uh, that's all I hope. Like it, it just hits the right beats. I don't expect it to, but if it does, I, that will be all right. In, in in my opinion, I thought that that was was it was very interesting. The announcement was interesting, um, exciting. But again, they can announce all that they want, and it's not the first time that DC has rolled out a multi-year slate. Right. They need to back it up with actual entertaining and and enjoyable stories. Because right. he can announce whatever he wants, but if all of the, the films end up flopping, then guess what? They're back to square one all over. Well, not only that, but if your films – if coming out of the gate, let, let's say that he releases the new Superman first. Mm-hmm. If that flops, it'll affect the rest of them. 100%. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Because then uh, the, studios, the studio has less faith in yep. them and doing they what they're going to do. Everyone. Yeah, everyone wants their little two cents about how they just change it up to make mm-hmm. sure the next one doesn't fail, which inevitably I, makes I, it. Even I, I really, I really think though that the Flash movie will be the most interesting because I've always thought to myself, you know, like the Flash is the bridge to bridge yourself into a new. Like he could always like multiverse himself into something else, like mm-hmm. New Fifty Two Flashpoint. You know, like. They they could do and say, well, all that other stuff, it mattered, but it's not what's there now. You know what I mean? That, that actor's so polarizing, though, that I'm really worried yeah. that people are going to avoid it just because of him. I'm not going to see it in the theater. I am. Yeah. But um, not in, not in the I'm, a, I'm a Flash buff, so I... So am I'm I, going, I'm, I'm going, going for the Flash. The He's theater. my favorite character. I'm kind of with you, Rob. He's, he's pretty gross. Theater. Uh, yeah. I'm just not quite there. There's other people you're supporting, though. He's just a small I'll watch it when it comes it. out on streaming. I, I'm not obligated to have to run to the theater to see this. Yeah. No, you're not. I'm not saying you are. But 
I'm not. I, 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 I'm more interested in it than the the thing with D, the DC movies is they just can't afford a misstep. I think they were almost on a roll, and then Wonder Woman eighty four really, I think derailed them. Derailed them, them yeah. Yeah, because they had they had well they had Aquaman, Shazam, they had Wonder Woman and and Wonder Woman, yeah. I thought they were doing really great, and then that that under that second Wonder Woman left everybody with a bad taste in their mouth, and they're like, oh well, you guys can't follow through, (laughs) you know. Well, it was I I think it was a perfect storm too. I think it was uh, uh, the pandemic along with everything else like i think the pandemic could be blamed for the suicide squad not doing as well yeah and, and, and it being a really fun movie I that is it. still my favorite one i think of the new dc movies not counting a batman film yeah i i love that movie i think it's great. i mean if you count batman film it's, it's my second favorite behind the pattinson batman so mm-hmm. Yeah, the Patton, both Pattinson ba- Batman didn't do a thing for me. I don't know why. Oh God, I really loved it so much. So, so no. you haven't thought, haven't changed your mind on that one at all? No, I don't have any desire to even watch it a second time. I, I, oh. I don't know. It's God. The car chase scene alone is like fabulous. And then oh, it's I like, hate the car chase scene. And then the my the biggest complaint in the rain is, is like, with that. Really? Oh, I love. Yes, that. because he filmed it from the side of the car. It's mm. like you got this badass Batmobile, and you spend most of your time filming it from the back seat of the car. I hated the way he shot the <laughs> Batmobile. I thought it was the worst ever. I wanted him to pan out. I wanted to see this badass Batmobile, and instead you just see it like moving from the back seat of the car. I, I hated the way he shot it. Well, uh, I, I, that's funny because I know uh, that was my biggest complaint with uh, it's, this is an oldie, but gone in 60 seconds. I'm like, you have all these beautiful cars and you keep showing Nicolas Cage's face as he's driving them. Yeah, well, that was the problem I had because the, okay, chase, the, cha- the chase scene was written well. And I, right. I like the penguin, you know, like I like the tension. I like the music. I was just like, pan out, man. You got this mm. badass chase scene and you have this cool batmobile that's awesome and you're showing me the front hub of the the tires and stuff and i'm like god almighty i want (laughs) to just move it out a little bit (laughs) but but i I, I can uh... i can understand people liking it i i think i have the batman thing where i'm just like oversaturated i that's what i think and i i tend to like this is just Mike talking. I tend to be like a, a first timer appreciator. Like my favorite Superman is Christopher Reeve, and that's just it. My favorite mm-hmm. Batman is is Batman '89. You know, Michael okay. Keaton. Spider Man. It's it's still the you know Tobey Maguire. Like it it just it seems like the first out of the gate always wins for me personally. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was with you on Spider-Man until the last Spider-Man, and now I think my my favorite Spider-Man is Andrew Garfield in that last Spider-Man, not oh. Andrew Garfield in his Spider-Mans, but the Andrew Garfield we get in the 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 Spider-Verse version of him. You know what I mean? I really, really liked his interactions with his the other portrayal, dude. His portrayal, yeah. Yeah, he was. Well, he, he was, seemed he did he seem like he it. was. Of all the actors that were there, he seemed like he was the one that was taking it the most seriously. Like, right. I, I need to hit this. Like, I need to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! When he 
I'm not going to lie. I am a weeper. When he saves MJ, I was waterworks, dude. (laughs) It's like, dude got to redeem himself for losing his girl. And like, that broke me, man. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah. But, um, the other thing in the Batman, I really liked at the end of the chase scene, there's the, uh, scene of him walking to the upside down car and you just hear the the footsteps and you kind of see his foots coming into like into the cameras. And I don't know, it just struck me as very, a uh, man with no name Eastwood kind of jangle in boots. Like literally all he needed is like uh, <laughs> the uh, spurs and it would have, it just seemed really cowboy. I just thought. It was cool. <laughs> I, I, li- I, was the, I like that subway scene. I thought it was shot. Really oh yeah. Well. Um, I love that he could get his ass kicked because it was early on in his, his, uh, you know, career fighting crime. Yeah. And I, I really liked how he like walked in the, the tension and the way it was shot. Like when he walked yeah. in there, for the police scene and the cops are like, should I just shoot his ass? You're <laughs> like, right. like, and, and he's just walking through in with his cape and stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I, I like that scene a lot. So, so I, I, I was entertained. I, yeah. I, I think I'm just, I'm just over. I, I hope that like there wasn't any <laughs> announcement of the Matt Reeves movies continuing, but I hope that they no, can there is. He's, he's got a second one coming. Yeah, no, I, I, so. I, I hope that like with the Joker two in the, I hope that they say, okay, James Gunn, you got the continuity stuff. And then we right. have like this other branch of stuff that we can just tell stories. No, no that's what they said. These are else, yeah, the yeah. else worlds. Gonna be yeah. Called yeah. And, yeah. and I, I, cause I'm looking forward to Joker two, like nobody's business. Cause the Joker was my favorite movie of all time like it so mike the batman what, what what do you give that out of 10 out of 10 if it was an imdb thing i'd give it an eight but i just don't <laughs> see this is <sighs> i i i, I, I gotta give it an eight but i don't like it like is is a lot of like just you know like oh it wasn't great or whatever there's different parts but i still was entertained my eight, oh my god, it was absolutely wonderful. It was so good. We gave it the same score, but you would think that if me and you reviewed it, we'd have totally different scores. An eight, an eight yeah. to me is a B. <laughs> yeah. It's a B. I, the way yeah, you I'd rate it, you rate five. it, you rate it like an, an A. And I agree. It's it's a B. It's an absolute. Yeah, it's a B. That's absolutely correct. It's a a B. C to me just means oh, you're just average. Like you just, yeah. just did that. You you did that. Which is most uh, movies I, I watch, you know, they're, I'm entertained, but it's like, it's not great. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. I thought that he did a good job. I liked how grounded it, it was. Um, Riddler, eh, it was all right. Um, I, I don't think I was as down as the, you know, with the social media villain that Riddler and was. See, and see, the movie, the movie that I gave a B to was because of the Riddler. So, man, we are like light and day. Yeah, but... <laughs> But honestly, I don't. I have no need to see it again anytime soon. Well, that's the way I am with most uh, Batman's, except for '89 and Batman Returns. I could just watch them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw we saw Returns on uh, Batman Day this last year, and I forgot how good that movie is. Oh, it's, it's so. Good. But I'm a Tim Burton guy, so like, yeah, I, I even I loved Wednesday. I mean, I thought it was great. But. uh yeah, I like I, I love how he works with the same composer too, how they work together. <laughs> Danny Elfman. But he's no John Williams, but yeah, he's pretty good. 
He is pretty decent. He did a damn good Batman. He did a he did Beetlejuice. Yeah, he did a uh, he's done and, really good stuff. He 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 did Darkman. I I don't know if you remember the soundtrack to that, but he did it. And not it's really at all. Good. I need to re-see Darkman. I've only seen it once, and it was many many years ago. Yeah, it's crazy because that was Liam Neeson before he became big, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, guys, you mind if I do a book before I head yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. I thought go, I was getting ready to, to say we better do that. Because <laughs> uh, my time has grown short. All right. So I just grabbed from the stack this morning because I had time to get one read. And um, I don't know this is the best book I would have ever picked, but it is what it is. And that is <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the, a rave review. <laughs> right. I, it's fine. It's the middle. It's from the triangle era. So it's uh, the 39th book of the year in 1991 in Superman, and it's Superman Man of Steel number six from December 91. And the problem is it's blackout number three. So that's probably why it might not have been the best one to what grab. Was, what but was, the, was the number again? Man of Steel number six. Six, so the, okay. So this is... Uh, so that's from, uh, early on. Yeah, this is from Wheezy. And Bogdanov. The funny thing is, this Bogdanov does not look like the Bogdanov I remember. Man, because there's a scene where he drew, uh, and I'm sure it's mostly the inker, because it's, is it uh, Dennis Yankee? Is that right? Janky? I don't know, but probably. probably Janky yeah. or Yankee. I would go with Yankee over Janky if he gave me my druthers, but that's just me. But, um, yeah, there's this dino that he drew that's so detailed. It's almost it's borderline Art Adams. I'll send y'all a pic of it. I mean, even the cover that. here says that it's by him, and uh, yeah, it doesn't look like the typical that I would. Yeah, it's not like like when they're killing him off. What I thought it looked like, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so we're kind of thrown in the middle of the story, and and Mike knows I tend to do that. I just grab stuff without paying attention. And that's what <laughs> happened today. So there's two, there's two guys floating in the middle of nowhere. And basically they're saying like, oh, that jerk Superman went and left us. But at this point, I guess they were in uh, Antarctica. And I'm going to try to give as much back content uh, context as I've got, which isn't a lot. Um, they were in Antarctica and Superman was helping out Professor Hamilton. I'm sure you guys remember him. Oh, yeah. He, he was big in the Wheezy run. Uh, Wheezy was really big in the side stuff. I don't know if you all remember that about Man of Steel, but like it, the Guardian and... um. Like, uh, what was the name of the one scientist uh, that worked with him uh, with, like, that devil head? Hamilton. He was... Hamilton, wasn't it? Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, Professor Hamilton. And there was, like, some Gray demon. Looking... Yeah, all those guys were really big. And, of course, the... You talking about like... the demon Blaze and what's their name? No. Lord Satana. He worked down at that one place where they did all the cloning that ended up creating. Oh, Diablo, Diablox yeah. or whatever. Yeah, his yeah, name yeah. Is. So like all those characters were big. Cadmus. Bippo... Cadmus, yep. And Bippo was really big. Bippo makes a, a, a scene in here. Guardian Bippo. pops in. She used all those like kind of side characters a lot. But anyway, so we flash to where Superman is after he abandoned these guys. All Superman knows at this point is is that he can fly and that his name is Superman. He doesn't know anything else. And he's with some guy. This is the one where I'm really not going to be helpful. Some dude with gray hair who can die and come back to life. I have no idea. Who oh, this Resurrection guy is. Man. Is that who that is? I thought he's got gray he... hair. Is he wearing like a trench coat? No, he's just got like a mustache. He just looks like a oh. schmo. 
Oh, he doesn't have a mustache unless he yeah. grew one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. But anyway. Does it say his actual name anywhere? I don't remember it saying Mitch, it anywhere. Something. If I run across it as one well, flipping I don't, through here, I don't, I don't think Resurrection Man showed up in Man of Steel that early. <laughs> I mean, this is early, right? Yeah, it's pretty early. Well, anyway, so uh, they are in, in basically kind of like the Savage Land, which I did not realize they had in um, DC. I mean, unless they time traveled. What's well, the Possible. War of the Time for Gods, right? Whatever oh, that that's is. right. Yeah. Maybe they're off of, Dinosaur the, Island or whatever. There they you go. Call that's it. probably yeah. where they are then. That would make more sense. So somehow they got from Antarctica to there. That would make sense. Okay. All right. So a pterodactyl grabs them and they're flying off. Soups uh, is like. I can fly to come rescue you, but that's all I can do. And then all of a sudden he finds out he has superpowers as well. So he saves random dude who can die. So then we go back to uh, Metropolis. There has been a huge blackout, hence the name of the book. And every, all hell's breaking loose. And Professor Hamilton and Lois are downtown. Uh, the clone of Lex is speaking from his building, telling everybody that, you know, he's going to save everything. Everything's going to be fine. Lois is like, screw Lex. I don't trust him. And Professor Hamilton says, well, you know, he may not be uh, his father. Maybe he's a good guy. And of course, Lois doesn't buy it. Uh, they reach where there had been a strike at the Daily Planet. And this fellow is saying, you know, uh, we don't need to strike right now. We'll go back to being on strike after the uh, the blackout is resolved. But tensions are high. Everybody starts punching the crap out of each other. And basically, there's a huge melee. Um, flashback to, where did you say? The, I, the Dinosaur Island. Uh, flashback to Dinosaur Island. Soups rescues the dude from the pterodactyl. And he's kind of not really in control of his powers. So when he rescues him, he kind of throws him. And uh, he goes flying really, really far away doing loop-de-loops. Soups is like, oh, crap, I better go save this guy. So now he finds not only can he fly, but he has super speed flight. He catches the guy, and they fall into a puddle, which is right afterwards stomped by a Brontosaurus. Or is it Brachiosaurus? I swear it changed since I was a kid. Anyway, you know. I feel like that, too. Yeah, the long-necked guy. So they're getting smushed, and as uh, the Brachiosaurus lifts its great, uh, I guess, foot, leg, whatever, um, they also find that, hey, I'm invulnerable. So as we're going, uh, Kal-El's finding out, you know, all these powers that he had forgotten that he had, he does have. So turns out the reason the Brachiosaurus left was a really beautiful cave woman who is, I think she's topless. No, she's got some kind of flower bustier on. Um, you know, I thought maybe just her hair was strategically placed. And a bunch of cavemen had uh, pushed off the Brachiosaurus. And uh, this guy that's with Superman is kind of pretentious. And he's like, I'll go to talk us out of this situation. They'll think we're gods. So you kind of get like the 3PO situation in um, Return of the Jedi. Uh, so he tells them, you know, a bunch of highfalutin crap about how uh, their gods come to save them. And can you take us to your leader? And just like with uh, Han Solo, they get strung up and taken off. We go back to Metropolis. Uh, Professor Hamilton and then Lois hide out at Beppo's bar. 
and uh, you know they're just hanging out in there. And then someone throws a motorcycle through his window, and then the next thing you know, they throw the guardian through the window. And Beppo's like, "Hey, soups is my favorite," because Beppo—that's all he ever says. I swear. Um, mm. Then we go back to the dinosaur island. And Superman and the fellow, I still don't know what the guy's name is. I'm looking and you don't say his name anywhere that I can tell, are talking to the chief and the chief is not buying it. A Triceratops comes to the scene and it looks like the Triceratops is going to ram the uh, cave woman. And Superman is Superman. So, of course, he's going to save her from this giant dinosaur. And he pulls it down, and she gets pissed because that was her pet, and she's worried that he hurt it. So she gets on and starts riding it, and Superman realizes that he mistakenly hurt this animal and apologizes. She uh, is speaking another language, which initially they it's like oog oog boog boog kind of stuff, but then they just start putting it in captions so that you know that what they're saying versus what they're literally speaking aloud. <laughs> um, so Superman's cool, but they are fed up with the big guy talking about how he's a god come to rescue everybody. And they're like, get this jerk out of here. So they go tie him up. We go back to Metropolis for a couple of quick panels. Hamilton, Guardian, and Lois are heading to Antarctica because that's where they think uh, Clark is at. Back to the island. Um, the princess is wooing and it turns out she is a princess because she's the daughter of the cave leader. I guess she's a princess. I don't know what kind of society Neanderthals had. But um, she's feeding Clark fruit. He's tied up. And um, turns out, of course, he can break out of the bonds because he's Superman, right? And he's, like I say, slowly figuring all this out. Uh, so the king comes and drags off the princess, says she shouldn't be talking to the prisoners. He busts out, takes down the caveman. Caveman King says, okay, you're worthy of my daughter. Of course, Clark doesn't know what they're saying. In Antarctica, they find the remains of where Clark had been. Back to the cave. It's bone chicka brown cow time uh, as oh he starts making out with the uh, cave woman. Oh, it is just a, a necklace. Yeah, she is topless. I was right. You see Does a little he have side. like a headband on? Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember this issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, you see a little sidage. So yeah, she actually is topless. I was a little confused. They do a well cover in her and keeping the book. Uh, I want to make sure. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Professor Hamilton, Guardian, and Lois realize that they are not there. Bum bum bum, and they got still got to find Clark. So um, back to our cave family. Dude with no name who dies is eating a huge drumstick and toasting Superman. Uh, everyone's throwing lays around the princess and Clark. And basically the king is about to marry the two of them. And uh, right as they're about to accept each other's vows, Mr. Nameless hollers, wait a second, don't do this 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 uh, wedding ceremony, one more word from you and you're going to be hitched to her for life. And Clark's got the look on his face. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a really freaking weird issue. And, um, <laughs> so what does it say on the back? It says, this issue's cunning homage to cave babes everywhere was penciled by John Bogdanov and 
Dennis Yankee, as you may have suspected, this cover caused quite a stir when it arrived at the DC offices. We hope you boys out there appreciate it as much as we did. Be still our beating hearts. So, yeah, it's kind of when I was buying it, my friend Anna says that's a lot of booty and she's not wrong on the cover. <laughs> so, it, it's, it's weird because uh, that was my least favorite of the, the four. Me too. <laughs> And I, I I don't know why, but it it definitely was like Superman and action were like, and now I like adventures even more. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because it was a Johnny Come Lately. Like yeah, the other I don't one, I don't, I don't know, but 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 now I look at some of those issues more like a lot more favorably than I did back then. I hated Bogdanov back then. So so and did then... I. And <laughs> now now I think he's now good, I great. Like him. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah I had the same. Remember... Same thing. Do you remember the uh, Zero Hour one he did with all the different iterations on the cover? Just like one after another after another. That showed me how talented he was. And I think the person who pointed that out was, um, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Savage Dragon, Eric Larson. Oh, Eric Larson. Yeah, Eric Larson in an interview talked about how creative that run with Wheezy and John was. And I was like, really? I never liked that one. And then I could, I I could actually it. see him liking it the most, though. Like, I could it see Eric. His like, yeah. Well, it draws a lot from Kirby because all that Cadmus stuff is Kirby stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So, like, I I really want to revisit that again. I th- and and, I and he did, did, didn't Bogdavine do a little bit of steel, too? I guess he did. That was theirs. That was theirs. Yeah, Louis. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know what? call it what you will that was definitely the most successful of the four you know yeah it, it, you could argue maybe a little bit for superboy but superboy had a history so of like new create uh characters i definitely think he was the one that uh that stuck around and is still important he's the one that got a movie for pete's sake yeah, yeah. even if it sucked he still got a movie got shack there you go yeah. <laughs> so I think the Bogdanov stuff is definitely worth revisiting and the Wheezy stuff is worth revisiting. This just happened to be a bad issue because it was because it's the triangle area uh, era. And, and it kind of was out in left field. It's out of context. So, yeah, yeah. And like I say, and I just didn't have time to get another one read. So that's on me, not on the book. Uh, that said, the weird cave stuff was fun. Yeah. Uh, the stuff going on in Metropolis really got me confused. I think the... some of that did continue, though, because I remember in the the Ordway book, they had some of that Superman in the cave. Was that Adventures? The headband. Adventures of Superman, yeah. Adventures was my favorite one. Cause, uh, that, when that, I... that has become my favorite. Like, Yeah. I, I did not appreciate, for, for me, I didn't appreciate Ordway as much as I do now. Like I, sure. I absolutely adore him now. He's even surpassed Burn for me. So it's like, I. But back then it was all Burn. Like you know how mm, they launched Adventures. Right. Like I, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I was so sucked into action and Superman. And then later on, I got sucked in to uh to Ordway because he drew that and. Like he did Power of Shazam, but he didn't draw a lot of it. Yeah. It was all man. I think it was Manly, Mike Manly, that drew most of it. Was Superman the one that basically came out of? Which Superman's the one that basically came out of DC Presents, right? Because there for a while, 
it was like a team up almost every issue. Action, yeah. action, was action, action was, was action? the team okay. up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember really, really enjoying those. Like there would be like just a random. Um, yeah, you'd have like Booster Gold random step, stepping on Superman's face. I mean, Teen Titans, like, yeah. a team yeah. up or, or yeah. like uh, Wonder Girl and stuff. I remember those and those. Those yeah, were good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got. I I have on my list of rereading um, all of the media post-crisis uh, Superman books. There was yeah. a quite a time that I I, I kind of dropped all the Superman, and then just in the past ten years, I I, I bought everything that that I hadn't had gotten, and now I want to kind of do a full reread, you know, of all four titles. Yeah. As you know, as they you know came out even before they started putting the triangles on them. But uh, I'll do that for probably up to like 75, Superman 75, because that's when I started collecting it again. Right. Yeah, I think I jumped on Superman right after the guy who became Cyborg Superman got introduced. So it was pre, pre-Doomsday, pre but it was well, 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 well in, uh, past uh, the Triangle startup. So mm. that's when I was getting it in high school. Gotcha. Cause, I, I cause don't I think I ever that... stopped Superman since post-crisis. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I never... I Superman, for about Super... 30 issues. Superman in action, I never left. Um, uh, can, I'll be honest with you. I didn't love that Bendis... Uh, run with um, Ramita, I kind of jumped off for a while. Which one? The Bendis. The Bendis. Oh, the Michael yeah. Bendis. Oh, I, I bought them, but I don't like them. Yeah, those I jumped <laughs> off because I'm just I like, I'm not off. enjoying this. So. Those are C's for me. <laughs> yeah. They're not like, they're, they're there and they're okay. And Well, but, he uh, fucked up John and that really pissed me and off. And then he revealed his identity to the world. Yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah. And I like Bendis, but okay, you've gone down that path and it got reversed that time too. Why, why are you doing this? I liked his Legion, but his Legion just didn't, like, it didn't go nowhere. It just yeah. sort of Mike, I, I didn't. I, I didn't like the Legion. Me either. At all. Oh, I, I liked I, it a lot. That, like I, I no, liked I, what he was doing, and but I was oh, like, God, God, I want him to push it because it just. He he, he, he was juggling. He was going at his pace with too many characters. But like when he introduced Thorn, like I I love that. Like how Thorn survived into the 30th century. I mean, yeah, he did a lot of cool things. I, mean, um, I don't have any problem with that. I, I just. It, I mean, you're right when you say it didn't end up going anywhere, and I don't know, you know, obviously he probably would have kept going with it, but, you know, the the sales weren't there either. Um, well, I thought they put too much behind it, and they were, like, rolling the dice, thinking it was going to bring a lot, like John Byrne did. <laughs> right. And it, it, it just didn't cut the mustard, and he didn't cut it with Justice League, he didn't cut it with Superman, and he no. didn't cut it with legion and he he, he he you're right i mean and and he made legion so different that if you're one of those people who have a very strong feeling about you know previous uh incarnations it's like you yeah. kind of you didn't get any of that you know from from him at all so i i think he was doing his thing with legion and if you read it, i think if you read it if i read comics like you rob i'd be a little uh jaded with stuff because yeah 
you read him monthly and like you just there's no way you can remember like all the intricacies of stuff that happens well you don't have to and, tell and, me and that. i i read it <laughs> no no I, I i'm just i'm just saying the way i read i read them six issues a shot yeah. So it, it no, like stays I, I it stays it it's, it stays in my brain a yeah. lot longer and I enjoy it a lot more. So even you're doing though, a bigger chunk. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a bigger chunk, and I, I see the bigger picture and I see the threads and well, I'm like. So, so have so, you so read I, ten? Go ahead. Have you read ten fifty yet of action, Mike? Uh, not yet. Okay, there's a the, huge spoiler. I won't say. Have you read it, Rob? Yes, sir. I just actually read ten fifty one yesterday. Hadn't read that one yet, but oh my gosh, I just want to say, Rob, that I'm sure 1050 really made you happy. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll just say that, Mike, and then I will say adieu, my wonderful friends. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you, and I'll I'll look forward to listening to the part of the episode that I'm not on later. Okay. Well, Joe, we'll thank miss you for you. joining thank us. You. Please, please do this, even if it's for 10 minutes. Like. Oh. I, 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 I'm we get to. some good conversation going, which is yeah, always a lot of fun. Yeah, the first yeah. part is always my favorite. So oh, <laughs> you, you make them blush. All right, guys, yeah. you'll have a All great right. rest of your day. All right, we love you, Joe. I love you yeah, too, guys. Love you too. Bye. Take care. Bye. Yeah, that was fun. Always a lot of fun. Um. All right, so I guess Mike, I'll cover one. Okay. Um. All right, so going to do The Incredible Hulk number 34. This is volume two. Uh, when it changed over the first 11 issues were just Hulk. And then 12, they changed it back to Incredible. What, what number thought. is it? 34. 34. Uh, I didn't read this one. At the, oh, you know what I wanted to tell you is that, I mean, there is stuff to what you say about like reading chunks at a time because I'll tell you, like if I go back and I reread stuff in trade or what have you. Yeah. I get to enjoy that a, a, a little bit more than when I just read one month, one issue a month. You know, so what you're saying is is very valid. Well, I'm just saying of, how my brain works. It, it just yeah, doesn't. No, but, I mean, it, but it, 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 if I was younger, I would maybe feel a little different, but. It takes a while. Like like right now, I'm reading in chunks a lot of Xenoscope, so it's like, oh, this is yeah, awesome. I'm that. I'm seeing all these threads. Like this continuity is so. You're picking up on the. See, yeah, the I'm picking that... up on the stuff, and the, it's the, like the thing that troubles me is that so, because I, I don't know how like what I would retain. So you read those six issues, let's say a trade or whatever, or any number of, of issues, a chunk. But then you don't revisit it again for possibly years. Do you? I feel like me personally, I would have no recollection of what that last chunk was from literally two years ago. I do because six issues. There's usually like I won't remember like all the threads, like mm -hmm. everything that happens in detail. But I remember like the main thread. Like I'll, I'll remember. So, yeah. And if I if I do stuff just issue by issue, it, it's just you're not picking up I, on. I can't any of pick the up it. Yeah, my yeah. brain just doesn't like. No, do I get that. it. Okay, so this is um uh I don't know if you what you thought about it at the at the time or, or since, but this is when Bruce Jones started writing Hulk. Oh, and it was almost like a, 
I was um, a big fan of the blue and the the blue you, man and the yeah yeah. yeah. So I didn't I didn't read this until after the fact. Like I started hearing about this kind of take on Hulk, and I'm like, you know, I gotta pick this up. So I actually bought like those three volumes, uh, you know, as trades. That's the only way that I've ever read them. Um, I figured I'd revisit this first issue. Um, I will say that. Uh, again, maybe making your point in terms of doing uh, trades at a time, just reading this one issue and, and then stopping, you don't really get a lot in terms of, okay, what is exactly going to happen? You, you, you kind of have to read um, some more of it. But um, but yeah, this, so this is the, the first one with Bruce Jones and, and, and the your, uh, cover your favorite JRJR is... Uh, he is my... Uh, he, he probably is my favorite artists like yeah one of my current artists favorite, i would say i i don't know anybody that draws action better than him i probably could throw a dart uh randomly you probably can but I'm, I'm saying in my my eyes <laughs> just kidding <laughs> all right so this one opens up now we happen to be in chicago it doesn't tell you that right away but um and you have uh you suspect that this is um, this is a banner um, walking by, and and he's got sunglasses and a you know a baseball hat, and he's obviously you know trying to go incognito. He comes into a very uh, shady looking uh, hotel and wants to rent a room, um, so he goes upstairs, checks in, and he's watching the news, and uh, they're talking about um, the fact that they don't. A, a young boy has been pronounced dead at a scene where um, it's suspected that Bruce Banner as the Hulk uh, went on a rampage and, um, you know, they're interviewing people and saying how, you know, uh, just random people at the scene saying, you know, uh, it doesn't make a difference if he's not responsible. Bruce Banner isn't responsible or can't control, you know, his transformations. They're like the military can't hold him either. So really there's only one thing that we, that, that can be done. He turns it off before the guy finishes his statement, but obviously it's, you know, they need to, they need to kill him. Um, he opens, opens up his laptop and he starts typing to a Mr. Blue. And, uh, after typing for a couple times and no one responding, finally, um, the response comes back. Mr. Green can't talk now doing the wash call later. <laughs> so, uh, so you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is definitely, um, this is def obviously this is Bruce Banner and he's being called Mr. Green. Who Mr. Blue is, you don't know, but you see him sit um, on the bed and he's got one of those metronomes and he's like kind of like doing yoga and, and kind of um, um, just kind of trying to uh, meditate. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but the, the Norton film, the second Hulk movie introduced that. It used I that do. concept. I, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So later he uh, he uh, they, they there's no adjoining bathroom uh, to, in these these hotels. There's just a hall like a bathroom for the entire hall. So he's uh, he's going to uh, go in to take a bath and he's walking uh, through the hall and you see this mother throwing uh, money at his, her uh, teenage son yelling at him saying you know I don't want this in my house. We'll never be that poor. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So you can tell that, you know, he, he's gotten this money, some ill, you know, ill gained money somehow, and she's not accepting it. And, um, 
so he goes in, he, he's taking his bath, he's watching more footage of this rampage that happened in Chicago, and um, they show a driver's license of um, Bruce Bannon saying, you know, if you see him, don't approach, it's believed that he's now wearing a beard. And, of course, in, in real life, here he is, is wearing a beard. <clears throat> so they cut back to him in, in his hotel room, and he's typing again on his laptop. He's totally, he shaved his beard, and he's totally shaved his head as well. Um, He's now he's asking Mr. Blue if there's there if he's there again. And Mr. Green says, uh, "Aunt June is sick. Uh, we'll contact you later. Avoid unnecessary exposure." He hears uh, sirens, and so he kind of peeks out the window. But it's that young man that was in the hallway earlier, kind of on the run from the police, and successfully evades and hides from the police. <clears throat> In the middle of the night, Bruce is sleeping, and somebody's creeping in his room, grabs his wallet, and grabs the laptop before Bruce um, confronts uh, it's that boy again and says, you know, you're, a, you're up late for a school night, Jerome. He heard the boy's name, of course, earlier in the hallway, and uh, he's like, yeah, you're not leaving with, with my laptop or, or my wallet. He's like, oh, how are you going to stop me? And, and they start actually just talking and and. You know, this kid is in, over his head. Um, he was on the honor roll the year before, and, and you know, now he's, he's in deep with this gang and, and too deep for his own liking. But, um, you know, they start talking, and and uh, the, the police, uh, the siren starts going off again. And, you know, it kind of makes Bruce, like, hide behind, like, away from the window. And the boy, Jerome, quickly... Uh, you know, sees that uh, this guy's, you know, trying to run from the law as well, and he actually, um, in the conversation, had given him his lap, uh, given him his wallet back, and Bruce had said the laptop was more important. Um, as the boy excuses himself out the window, which is the way that he came in, he hands the laptop back um, to uh, Bruce and and runs off. Bruce is in the next morning again, watching the news and typing on his computer and. Um, you know, the, Mr. Blue just says that, you know, it's a good day for a stroll in the park. I thought that meant they were going to meet or something, but I don't know if it just means that like, there's no, there's little danger of him being um, caught in, in that area or what, because really he just goes out and literally sits out at the park. He's looking through the newspaper and he sees, um, Jerome really getting kind of like pushed around, um, by the rest of the gang telling, you know, that. They just need, he needs to do just what he tell what they tell him to and, and not not ask any questions and um the rest of the gang ends up leaving later and he sits down next to Jerome and they they talk some more and you know basically Jerome gets up and says yeah, listen I don't you know need a lecture from you you know there's no way to get out of out of this um this is the you know it's a, it, this whole issue really is a series of like different scenes um, throughout each day. And we're back at nighttime again. He's talking to Mr. Blue again. They, um, uh, they, uh, Mr. Uh, Blue says, Mr. Green, the weather continues to be warm and friendly. You know, stay put, retain a low profile. And Jerome comes in through the window again. They start talking, and Jerome actually hands um, Bruce a gun and says, you know, you, you know, you might, you might need this. And they start talking about Jerome's situation and that, you know, he felt like he needed to get in with the group um, 
in order to, you know, uh, survive the streets. And now he's in too deep and there's no way to really walk away from that. And um, Bruce says that, you know, a million years ago when he was young, he got mixed up in, in stuff that he shouldn't have. And he's been paying for it ever since. And it's way too late for him. But he said, you're so young. Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's not too late for you. And he, he throws the gun down at the bed towards where, where Jerome is. But Jerome kind of just looks at it, looks at Bruce and, and climbs back out the window, not, not taking the gun. Um, Bruce decides uh, that he's going to end up following Jerome, and he does. And um, they're in an alleyway. Jerome's in an alleyway with other um, gang members. And the gang members see Bruce like walk at the at the end of the alley there and say, you know, keep walking, got a problem. And so he he he, he walks away, and uh, he starts kind of thinking to himself. And of course, he he walks back and just staring at the gang members and of course they don't take kindly to that so like all right you don't want to um you don't want to leave all right i guess you know one ass whipping coming right up and bruce says better make it quick and uh the next thing you see is he's all bundled up and he's hitchhiking out of uh kansas city and uh he uh he he, he gets a, a ride from a trucker and jumps in he's like oh it stayed my welcome and he's got this big with black eye and um the guy comments on it is like, Oh, you think that's bad? You should see the other guy. And we cut back to the streets of Chicago back in that alley. And you see like all the gang members are literally like wrapped up in, in metal and like, you know, from a pole, a, a light fixture and everything else are just totally wrapped, wrapped up. And obviously he had, he had quite obviously changed into Hulk and actually, uh, um, took care of those, um, took care of those gang members and you see one of the um one of the gang members trying to call for help and he looks down and he sees um he sees that the newspaper flying by that says fugitive banner eludes police believed to be in the St. Louis area <clears throat> and that that's the end of the issue so it was really quite just a setup of okay you know what exactly is going on what's got, how is this story going to go because it was, really became you know kind of like a mystery intrigue type of a a book didn't it 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 was i really enjoyed it um when i when i read these pretty much back to back three trades worth you know yeah i i I liked it a lot yeah i like i liked i I liked bruce jones i like i i've read a lot of his stuff and a lot of people don't like it so yeah, I really do. I really enjoyed this. I, I like his incarnations. I enjoyed I, it as well. What's a that? lot of people didn't like his Warlord, and I, I thought it was all right. Yeah, you know? yeah, I forgot about that, that he did Warlord. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, something different. You know? He he uh, did a lot of horror books in the 70s. So, yes, yeah. 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 He was good. So what else do you got? He was actually ma- married to somebody, but I can't remember who. It was Mrs. Jones. No, he was married to another creator that was in comics. Mm. And then I did not know that. Let me see if I can find it. I'm curious now. I'm gonna look it up Who too. Who was Bruce Jones comic creator? Married to 
April Campbell. No, there was somebody That's what it else. Says. He got divorced, though. Oh, okay. Gonna have to find it. Because she's married to somebody else now, but... Oh. Louise is married... Was she? Was it Louise Simonson? I think it was Louise I don't know. Louise Here it Simonson. just says that he's been married, married to her since 1984, April Campbell. That's him. No, I, I think it was Louise stuff. Simonson. Was but he, but uh, it was before. Maybe in the seventies. Yes. Okay. It wasn't. They didn't even last long. But I, I think it is that. Okay. Let me look at it. That was Bruce Jones married to Louise. Oh, man. I'm not finding it. Hmm. I'm going to look at it later. Because that would be interesting if it yeah, was. Yeah, let me know. But, yeah. Just very little information. It's weird, it's weird, though, that I put married and it did show Louise Simonson. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I think her name used to have hung up. Ah, look at this. 2008 interview with Bruce Jones. Let me see if I can find this. There is a link to them. I don't know. But uh, anyway... My 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 choice of a book is one of the ones that. Uh, so this is the little bit that I see. Hang on, it says uh, I, I when I click the whole article, I'd have to search for the whole thing. But thing that pops up. But even with Jennifer's success, you only had a few more stories appear in the Warren books until Louise Jones. Now Louise Simonson. There you go. Out. There you go. See, I did know it. Yeah. It was one of the things I knew, and I was shocked to hear it when I heard it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Interesting, huh? Yeah, it's an interesting factoid. And it, it, it kind of links back to the story because Joe covered a book by her and you covered a book by Bruce Jones. <laughs> yep. So there, there's the, the link. Look at that, huh? Yeah, look at that. How to, It's a small world. But um, the first book I'm going to talk about is a book I got through a Kickstarter. I, I, I uh, got a book called... Um, what was it called? It was called... Uh, the Kickstarter was – let me find out what the book that I bought the Kickstarter from, and then I'll get to this one. Uh, it was Vicky Sticks. And you know how I like my bad girls. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, Vicky Sticks was uh, a Kickstarter. I finally arrived, but I must have got like a uh, a bundle from this guy which gave me a lot of his other work that's happened over the years. But he, he has this company called Unstoppable Comics, which there's not a lot of information on it other than you can go to the website and see all of them. Huh. But uh, he's been around for a long time. I'm, I'm talking about since like 2008. So he, he just puts out his own comics 
the comic I'm talking about is Dragonstorm, and it should be in your database without a cover. <clears throat> but uh, yep, I see it. I have the uh, 10th anniversary edition, and he sent me the one in 100. So it's there's only a hundred that were made, and I have a certificate that said it's one of the 100. Mm. And uh, this is a kind of interesting book. This is uh, written in um, written by J.D. Rosario, illustrated by Joel Cotajar and Craig Shepard, with inks by Alec Rivera. And it was published, I was told, in 2012 uh, by Unstoppable Comics. And they... I, I didn't think they had any more issues and I I don't know our database only has issue one. Mm-hmm. But my bundle that I bought it with had the trade that had issues zero, one and two. But I don't have any evidence of there ever being printed an issue zero and an issue two other than it's in the trade. Yeah, do you so, think maybe they just ended up so the, the, with it? Yeah, this guy seems like he might be like a non-Kickstarter. He might be doing Kickstarters now, which I looked at him, and he's had a couple. He's had several unsuccessful ones and several ones that have been successful. But uh, he seems like he's one of those con comic creators, you know, that just take their book to the con every year and yeah. sells their comics. It, it just seems like that's the paradigm that he works in. Um, the cover is brilliant. I don't know who did the cover, but um, I took a picture of it, I think, in my Twitter feed. And uh, the artwork is, is decent. Um, the second artist is much better than the first. And uh, the way this one starts, is, issue zero really sets up a lot more of the story than what you get in issue one. So issue issue one, you're like off and running. Um, This father figure shows up and he looks like somebody that's from Atlantis. He's got, he looks like Namor's dad uh, wearing some kind of armor. He shows up at his son's uh, house and him and his wife are hosting him. And he seems like he's a distant father as they haven't seen him for like, uh, 15 or 16 years and then he just shows up and he said I'm here to meet your daughter and he goes yeah I invited our daughter to dinner but she's not here yet and uh, then he gets aggressive and he says you you haven't been training your daughter the way I told you to train her and the wife is freaking out like what's what's he talking about like she, he kept a secret from her and then all of a sudden their house starts flooding and they're drowned in their own house and uh, the father's just sitting there and there looks like some kind of mutant there that just her name is aquamatic and she just like reforms her her body but she ended up drowning him meanwhile the daughter comes home and she's like oh no you know she sees her grandfather there with aquamatic and her dead parents and she's like oh my god and he takes her with with him and this is where the story gets weird. He drops her off in this weird scenario with a bunch of ninjas. They look like the hand and there's like <laughs> hundreds of them and they are surrounded by dragon storm. 
and uh, this guy, this grandfather tells Dragonstorm, you're, you're either going to save this girl or she's going to end up dying by the ninjas. So she's being trained on the fly. So he ends up protecting her. And he's sort of like Iron Fist in, in, in terms of like Kung Fu. He even has the dragon on his chest. But he has like these abilities to extend things like from the dragon. Not just an Iron Fist, but like he can extend from his back like these projectile wings to so he can mm-hmm. fly. And he can like use his Iron Fist to like punch the ground and crack the earth. And he's he, he does do that. And he's there for something else. Like, he's fighting this ninja because he's there to try to find his mentor. Um, and then he runs into this other guy who uh, has him in a stranglehold. And I don't know why, but Dragonstorm pushes the, the girl that he's supposed to train off of the roof. <laughs> and she's like, wait, don't! And that's how it ends. Um <laughs> But uh, it, it is it was a fun issue. Like it, it's so weird that half the issue is about this girl losing her family to like this aquatic father, and uh, and then the second issue is Dragonstorm because you spend about as much time with Dragonstorm as you do with the girl. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it was fun, and I, I will say that she does survive because I've read the trade. So, uh, which doesn't end again. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if there. I don't think a second volume exists because I I actually went to the website to see if there was a second volume of of Dragonstorm, and I didn't find it. But um, if there ever is one, I I I probably will pick it up just just to see how it it ends, and I probably won't remember. I I probably will pick it up and say, oh yeah, this girl's family ended up dying i remember more about the girl than than i will about Dragonstorm. <laughs> I, I know he's there and i know his power base and i i know he's looking for his mentor but he really wants nothing to do with the girl other than he doesn't want her to die yeah. and and she will die if uh he doesn't protect her interesting yeah, I bought this bundle for that Nikki Sticks, which that was, that book was cool. It's a she's like dead. She she's uh-huh. like she has these stitches like over her heart. She's like a corpse, and she's protecting these vampires that are sort of like uh, ostracized. They're, they're like vampires that saved her, but they're not looked upon uh, with the va- they're they're like scum of the earth to the vampire community. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool book. I just don't know. With, with these Kickstarters, you just never know if you're going to get a conclusion to the story. No. Yeah. But it, I, it came with, like, that Dragonstorm trade. It came with uh, this Dragonstorm 10th anniversary thing. I, I bought the Storm Chasers Volume 1, Unstoppable Origins, and the Shield of the Interceptor. So uh, cool how you got like a a, a nice like universe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty good Kickstarter. And if I remember correctly, I'd have to go look, but it was a pretty good value for, you know, four trades. And I I think he threw in this Dragonstorm 10th anniversary edition. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Got a whole like back back catalog. Yep. Yeah, it's nice. Oh well, I guess <clears throat> my next one. I'll, I'll do my my uh, requisite movie. Watched a movie last night, Mike, on Shutter. Oh yeah, they still haven't taken away our Shutter, I don't think, but it's on its way out. Yeah. I uh. I watched this from 1970. It's called "And Soon the Darkness," and it actually was uh was what, remade. What, what, is, what is the first word? And. And. Andy, yeah. And soon. And darkness. soon the darkness. And they remade it apparently for a much lower score back in 2010. Huh. Um. But yeah, so this this is the original from 1970, um, and what what it's about is these two uh, two uh, young ladies from England. They're just you could tell that you know they they just got out of school and they're like either 19, 20, somewhere around there. Uh, they decide to take their holiday uh, in France and they're gonna bike. Um, the, the French uh, countryside. Uh, the one uh, is named Jane. The other one is Kathy. Um, uh, Jane uh, seemed to have been in charge of like kind of mapping out where they're going to go and everything. Kathy seems a little bit more um, <clears throat> fly by the seat of your pants, and and that uh, ends up uh, after they do so. They they stop at a cafe and they have something and. Then you know Jane is is like okay we gotta you know we gotta go now we gotta you know we, we'll bike and we'll make it to this town you know before nightfall and then we'll you know stay there and then we'll do this so she has everything really really planned out and Kathy seems to want to do things you know uh, not ha- yes yeah, so there's a there's a whole plan but you don't need to follow everything to the letter. Um, she kind of complains about that a couple times but you know they get on their bikes and. And they start um, they start pedaling away, um, but not before uh, Kathy was kind of eyeing this one gentleman at the cafe and um, kind of was intrigued by him. And uh, so they start uh, pedaling away, and and later this uh, shortly after the the guy he gets on his moped and uh, goes the same direction and kind of passes them by, and and that's and that's kind of it. And they're they're pedaling some more and. He stopped at like at this roadside uh, cemetery, I guess, and um, you know they pa- pa- they pass by him, kind of like eyeing each other and stuff. And see, he goes in and uh, into the cemetery and uh, kind of pays respects at this one um, this one grave where this young woman uh, apparently uh, died. She looked like she was 21 by her um, birth and. And, and death and don't know anything more about it um it wasn't a, a french name though it was it was a an english name and uh <clears throat> so they're <clears throat> pedaling along and uh, again you know he passes them again and um anyhow kathy at, at some point you know is is getting tired out she's like let's just i'm stopping she's like like, no, we have to go a little further. Kathy's like, no, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to rest for a while. So they both stop. 
just on the side of the road. I mean, look, small, very, very small, tiny clearing um, by the woods. And uh, they kind of hang out for a, a while, um, get the impression that it's hour or so. And um, Jane starts packing up, getting ready, saying, come on, we got to go. You know, we don't want to be on the road at night. Um, and Kathy's like, I'm still tired. Like, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like getting up. She's like, come on, we've been sitting here for an hour. Yeah, and I'm still tired. I'm not going to, I'll, I'll get up when I'm not tired anymore. And they get in a big argument. And, you know, things are sad in terms of Jane having to be, you know, uh, kind of bossing, you know, the bossing them around in terms of everything that needs to be done and when. And Kathy's not into that. And so, uh, you know, words are said. And finally, uh, Jane's like, fine, I'm, I'm leaving. And Kathy's like, good. Um, so Jane, Jane leaves and she stops at the next um, roadside cafe and she sits down and uh, she's there for quite some time. Uh, and Kathy never shows back up. You see Kathy, they, you, you cut back to Kathy for sure. And, you know, you see her kind of dozing off. She wakes up, she apps, goes back <laughs> to napping. And finally she gets up and, and um, I, I don't, I'm assuming it's her, her wash. It was in like a, in a small, like towel, couple bras and some, some panties and I don't know if they're not fully dry Mike or what but she decides to hang them on the on the trees um so when she gets up a little later she starts retrieving those and she finds that one one of her pair of panties are gone um she also uh sees that her bike had fallen over like part of it is obscured by the by the bushes and the trees and stuff and so she's kind of creeped out because obviously the you know where where did this go? It's not it it didn't fall to the ground. It's not in the immediate area. She kind of looks behind um, towards the woods part. It hasn't blown into another bush or another tree. It's uh, nowhere to be found. So she decides to start quickly uh, packing up and uh, she goes to retrieve her bike and she sees the whole front wheel has been like just demolished. Um, so she starts freaking out and um, kind of like cuts away just as she starts screaming um, in, in terror. And um, so we go back to Jane, who's finishing up at the cafe and expecting that she would have seen Kathy by now. And she kind of uh, she rides back towards that direction. And every time like someone goes back and forth, there's this farmer out in the fields, like planting seeds and stuff. And, um, she goes back and she sees nothing. She doesn't, she, everything's gone. And, and until finally she sees that Kathy's camera was, was still there, but everything else is gone. Um, so she goes back to the cafe and she's trying to talk to the, the waitress there and a little bit of an older woman, but, um, the waitress speaks very, very little English and, um, trying to communicate and stuff and asking if she's seen anyone, uh, and uh, just not getting a, a response. And then finally, um, doesn't Moped come come along again? And he uh, turns out he is French, but he speaks English as well. And uh, he introduces himself and says, well, surely she must be, she, she must have gone the, the other way. Um, and uh, so he offers to take uh, Jane on his Moped. Said, just leave your bike there and we'll, um, 
will we'll investigate. So they go the other way. No, she's nowhere to be seen. They go back. <clears throat> and uh, they go all the way back to the cafe. Um, you know, they're at, he's, he's asking other people. If see, there's other people there at the cafe asking, you know, did you see there's an older woman? And um, uh, there's, there's a, a man as well. And no, nobody's seen seen uh this this other girl um she kind of gets freaked out by some of uh, this this guy his name's paul uh his his demeanor and stuff like that and kind of says you know i'm i don't want to you know don't want to spend any more time with you and she's like no 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 he's like let me go search you stay here i'll go search some more so he gets on his moped and and rides off and she's kind of nervous so she asks that older woman if um perhaps you know she can give her a ride to the uh gendarme the police and um she uh agrees and um puts the bike in the back and turns out the the lady the older lady is a, is is from britain as well and moved here years and years ago and they start talking about the fact that there had been a murder um a few years ago here of a a young woman, a blonde-haired woman, that was vacationing, and they never caught the killer. And um, Kathy, uh, the missing girl, is, was also has very blonde hair. Um, so at this point, Jane's pretty nervous. Um, the lady uh, takes her to the um, police department, which again, like, it, it's very strange, Mike, because like, n- there's no cities or, or even towns really. There's just like, there's a cafe on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. There's the police. The, the police had not headquarters, but the police building is just there in the middle of this road. There's not all these other buildings or, or people coming and going. It's just like the single, um, like one building. So they get to the police office and um, Jane goes to start knocking on the door. The older lady says, you know, if you need a place to stay and you can't get to another town before night, she describes her house and says, you know, you can come and I've got a big house. You can stay stay there. And so she said, okay, I'll keep that in mind. The lady leaves and she's knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Uh, there's nobody at the police station. Um, so now she's not quite sure what to do. She writes back to the cafe to try to use the phone. Back and forth, a lot of back and forth. Um, finally, um, Paul on the moped comes back and says, you know, where did you go? And she's like, I'm, you know, I don't really trust you. She's, and he said, no, listen, I'm, I'm actually part of, and he used the word, but I don't know what it meant. Um, it seems like it's more of a high, um, almost like Scotland Yard, but in France. Um, and he's like, you know, I actually worked on this on this case from three years ago. And, you know, uh, I wasn't assigned to the case, but, you know, I was in the area at the time vacationing myself. And it interested me. So I, I worked on the case uh, also. And, you know, um you know, and now I'm very concerned that your friend Kathy is gone. Uh, so they, you know, she's very reluctant, but again, she's, she's kind of stuck and there's no one around. And so it, she, she goes with him and, they, you know, says, okay, let's, let's go back and retrace our steps at this clearing. Previously, Mike, we'd seen him go like through the bushes on his moped and kind of went through uh, very, very far, kept going backward, back, 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 back. And like there was old abandoned car and you see a bicycle that was kind of jammed up underneath this abandoned car. So 
did he know where, where did this guy, Paul know that that's where it was? It was he just, you know, so you kind of start to wonder what's going on here and who to trust. Um, anyhow, they get into another argument and she gets very, very nervous about being out in the woods um, with him because he's, he is acting a little bit weird. He, he um, confesses that he took the film out of Kathy's camera because it was evidence and um, she demands to have it back and, and he does give it back to her, but like kind of pulls it all out. So everything gets exposed. Um, and at that point, she kind of runs the other way and gets on her on her bike and goes back to the police station. And this time she knocks on the door and the police officer's there. <clears throat> so she reports what, what she knows and talks about Paul and the police officer says, no, I don't know. I don't know who that is. I, I'm not familiar with him at all. And she's like, I knew it. I knew it. Well, you know, I've got a missing friend. And he said, all right, I'll go investigate. He gets on this motorcycle and investigates. His whole father lives, I guess it's like not just a police house, but it's his own house as well. His, his elderly father lives in the back and he's kind of a weirdo and he's deaf. And I, I, I don't know what the whole point of that, all that was, but Anyhow, um, come down to it, uh, the police officer comes back and says that, you know, he's, he's found some stuff and he, he leads her back there. And, uh, and, and sure enough, it turns out that the police officer is, is the one doing the killing. And he, uh, he starts, uh, he starts uh, trying to, uh, he, he basically leads her to where Kathy is dead and, um, he pretends to console her, but then he starts like actually like grabbing her, her, her ass and stuff and like starts trying to undress her. And, you know, so of course she starts freaking out and starts struggling and he starts struggling back with her and who comes from out of nowhere, but Paul and kind of whacks the guy, um, you know, from the back of the head. And it turns out that, um, that, yeah, he wasn't, you know, Paul wasn't involved in any of this and really was actually trying to you know, help or why with the film and stuff like that. I don't know, but, um, it was, it was like, it, it's on shutter. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a horror movie, although it certainly is unsettling and you try to put yourself in, you know, the position of, of this, this girl that's by herself, there's a language barrier and everything is she's in very isolated areas and doesn't know who to trust. It was very unsettling. Um, do they, but I did, I did do, like it. Is it closed caption? You have to watch it, or uh, it most of it's in in English. Almost oh, okay. all of it's in English. If it is in French, um, they basically like they don't translate really the French. They'll just I had it on closed captioning just because I had it down real low the, yeah. the, the volume. Um, but like if they're speaking in French, it just literally says speaking in French. I didn't I didn't so, mean a closed caption. I meant subtitled. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's yeah. I no, watch everything English. in closed so, captioned. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's in English. So, um, so you know, anytime they're speaking in French, you're not you're not understanding what they're saying. They don't they don't um they don't uh, subtitle it. They just say speaking in French. Ah. But um. I but, think yeah, I'll watch was, the was, newer version because it's got Amber Heard. I like it was pretty. The, the original version was pretty good. Now Amber Heard. And now I, I was just looking at that, and it looks like, of course, you know, now it's two Americans, not two English people doing it, and they're in Argentina. Yeah. So, I, I'm I'm assuming that the story itself is probably pretty similar. Pretty close. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it was it was good. I I liked it. I I gave it um a seven out of ten. So seven out of ten for me means I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good, but it's not. You gave it a not C. necessarily something I would see again. It was it was good for what it was, but it's not anything I would need to watch again. So you gave or, it an, an oh. a, a C for average. Yeah, C plus I'd say. Because I mean I don't I don't I don't call it those because more. If you divide everything in half, which would be like the old Netflix stars, right? So an eight would be four out of five. A six would be three out of five. A six just means I liked it. I like the five scale because it didn't mean a grade. It meant five was I loved it. That's pretty easy to determine, right? Yep. A four is I really liked it. That means you were really favorable of it and you really enjoyed it. A yep. three was I liked it. You know, it was all right. I enjoyed myself. Two is, two is you don't like it. A two is I don't like it. And a, 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 a one is I hated it. And and I do the same. That's how I do my IMDb ratings. I just double it. I don't, I don't have a choice because it is on a 10-point scale. Yeah. So I do it the same way. I'm not equating it with 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 a, a test score i'm just equating it with doubling what i would give a five star thing so eight and above are like i would own those on dvd anything lower than that i wouldn't own so six or sevens i'm still enjoying but i yeah. wouldn't necessarily have to buy it five is really i could take it or leave it and then everything below that is obviously I'm, to some extent i didn't like it yeah well, my yeah, uh, I, I do I do recommend this one. I thought it was pretty pretty well done. Yeah, I will uh, do my last uh, book and uh, sure. This one is from Charlton Comics, and it's written by Joe Gill with art by Joe Statton, mm. and it's from 1976. And it's called The Six Million Dollar Man Number One. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlton did the magazine and the comic, and this is the comic. Um, Do you own this the, then? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I picked this up recently, and I already owned The Bionic Woman. I didn't own all of The Six Million Dollar Man, but I do own some of them now. I, I have a handful of six million dollar man and i have a one or two magazines of the six million dollar man as well I, I i like the six million dollar man i used to watch this thing religiously um to this day i think i've seen every episode except for the one that my brother stuck his crayon up his nose and my parents said, no, we have to go to the emergency room and you can't watch the $6 million man. <laughs> and, I, and my brother bought me the DVD that has that episode, but I still haven't watched that particular episode that I missed. Well, that was nice of him to make it up. Yeah. Uh, you finally years many, later. Many years later. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> stop giving me shit about the crayon up my nose. and uh, <laughs> He doesn't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, you, you go watch this. You go watch it now. You can't say anything. So uh, the $6 million man, uh, it shows in the comic, you know, him as an astronaut. He's on the moon. He's leading a team of people. 
and then after that he becomes a uh, Air Force uh, test pilot like Hal Jordan mm-hmm. and uh, there's an incident where the test the test plane that he's on is failing and he has to crash land it and he could have ejected but the the, the one doctor that was running it he's you know, he can, but he won't. He's conditioned to save the equipment. He'll try to keep it intact. So he could have ejected, but he didn't. And he crashed the plane and had to go under the knife. And he lost both legs. He lost an arm. And he lost an eye. And uh, they they save his life. And he's laying in bed. And then the OSI comes. And they say, you know, we... We want him. We'll give him bionic devices. We'll place his arms, his legs, and his missing eye. And they uh, operate on him. And uh, he's kind of upset about it. He's like, why didn't you just let me die? You know, I just wanted to die. What did you want? He says, we need you for your country. And uh, the first part of that story was just to establish his origin and uh, show his abilities. It, It shows him fighting a shark saving somebody underwater and uh, giving a karate, bionic karate chop to the shark and killing a shark (laughs) and uh, outrunning a car. And then it it gets into the story, which is the meat and potatoes of it called the secret web. And he has to go on a mission. It's kind of interesting because uh, we have to go spy on China. And recently there's a, a, a weather balloon that is really high in altitude and it's crossed over through Alaska Canadian and went into our airspace and uh, we recently just shot it out of somewhere around uh, North Carolina Myrtle Beach or South Carolina shot it out of uh, the sky but it was a supposedly a weather balloon at least that's what they claim and it was taking pictures of of areas around the United States, but hopefully they, the United States actually figures out. Hope I hope I hope we do. I hope we actually figures out the payload on that thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. what they were doing. But anyway, in this comic book, unlike the weather balloon, Steve has to fly a plane over a particular area and take pictures of it. And then cross over into Russia airspace. And he's like, well, won't Russia shoot us out of the sky? And uh, uh, he's like, no. What was his name? God, I can't remember his name. Who who was uh, Steve Austin's boss? Oh, I don't know that. I can't think of his name. Oscar Goldman. Thank you. He had his Um, own doll. I'm, 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 I'm only I'm looking it up on the I just see it on the description yeah. on, on Oscar the, Goldman on database. Otherwise, yeah. I would have no idea. Oscar <laughs> Goldman. It was a macho show. That's all I can think of is Rob Liefeld saying it was a macho show because <laughs> Oscar Goldman was being interviewed and he says, "You know why we were a good show? Because it was a macho show." <laughs> <laughs> but Oscar <laughs> Goldman says the Russians are not going to shoot you out of the sky because we're going to give them the pictures of the China airspace as well. So we're, we're flying over there, going to take pictures and uh, see what's going on. 
but what we don't know is on the ground we have a, a spy, a scientist spy, a physicist that's on the ground. And, uh, well, Steve's getting ready to, to take pictures. He's almost over the area. The plane uh, fails again, and he ejects this time. And uh, he's guided to uh, an area where the, the Chinese soldiers capture him and they bring him in and they're like, give us your name. And he's like, Colonel Steve Austin, United States Air Force. And he goes, I must have gotten off course, Colonel. Uh, I was en route uh, from Seattle to ta Taiwan and I, I'm off of uh, course. And he goes, you're lying. You're bullshitting me. I know you're bullshitting me. He says, what are you going to torture me? And he says, no one bothers using pain to elect information, Colonel. We use a combination of chemicals, painless but effective. So they're they're taking him to the other side, and uh, he's basically, I, you're lying. I know you're lying, and you have this uh, Chinese physicist who's been lying to us, and she's actually uh, why we know about you, that you're the $6 million man, and... He's like, uh, she. they're going to kill her along with Steve Austin, you know, because they're both the, the woman physicist because she's a traitor to she was working with Oscar Goldman, essentially. And they set this like Chinese robot, this bionic robot to fight with Steve and kill both of them. But uh, Steve manages to take out the robot. And then they reprogram the robot, and then they come back and uh, use the robot to fight the Chinese soldiers. And then <laughs> they they escape. Uh, basically, a plane that that is nearby. He takes the physicist, and he's like Oscar Goldman. He tells Oscar Goldman, "You pulled a one over on me, you know. Uh, you you took out my plane on purpose over uh, Lopnor." And he goes, I had no choice, Steve. Uh, the the physicist knew that Nai Kung was working for us. And if uh, he interrogated her, my entire network in China would, China would be blown. I had to get you to take her out of China. So he, like, blew up his plane on purpose and dropped him <laughs> out there and so he can save the, the woman. But that's... Uh, that's how that's how the six million dollar man ended, and um, you have a couple ads. You had an ad for uh, two hundred and four Revolutionary War soldiers. I actually bought this when it came out. Um, they, these oh, ones the, were the plastic soldiers. These were these were pretty good. They were the Revolutionary War though. The mm -hmm. uh, British versus the Americans. Yeah, I these, didn't have any of those. These ones weren't flat like the soldiers. Like the soldiers were like flat. They had no 3D look to them. These ones hmm. look 3D. They're but they were incredibly tiny. Um, the other ad that was interesting in here is what was coming out from Charlton at the time. Uh, they had a lot of animated properties like Barney and Betty Rubble, Beetle Bailey, Blondie, Dino, Flintstones, Great Gazoo, Grape Ape, Hong Kong Fooey, Pebbles and Bam Bam, Popeye, Sarge Snarkle, Scooby-Doo, Speed Buggy, uh, Valley of the Dinosaurs, and Yogi Bear. 
they had a lot of romance titles uh, that were coming out at the time, uh, about eight of them. And the mystery titles were Ghost Manor, Ghost Haunts, Ghostly Tales, Haunted, Many Ghosts of Dr. Graves, Monster Hunters, and Scary Tales. Of those, I have a few Monster Hunters and Scary Tales. <clears throat> and then Western, they only had one, Billy the Kid. Uh, mm. The war titles, they had three, Fighting Army, Fighting Marines, and War. And then Special Adventures, they had Emergency, which was the TV show, Korg, uh, Phantom, Six Million Dollar Man, and Space 1999. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then just uh, the they had an interesting dog tag ad, which was like, uh, you, you can give dog tags to your girlfriend, and she can wear them, or you can wear them. <laughs> Some of the things they had on these is help. I need loving. <laughs> I'm the real thing. This one's pretty good. Love spreads germs. Quick, give me a kit. Get, get me, make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> this one says I'm his because he deserves the best. Uh, I'm a sex maniac. In case of emergency, give me a kiss. Oh boy. <laughs> Love me, squeeze me, take me home. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting, but uh, this was a pretty cool comic. I liked it. It was the origin plus plus a short uh, adventure story. <laughs> so uh, Charlton had quite a quite a lineup then, huh? Yeah, I, I just recently this year picked up well in 2022 picked up uh, the Six Million Dollar Man and Emergency. So yeah, I'm 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 buying some old charlton lately that's cool yeah I, I wish that i had gotten more of that stuff back you know when when they used to be out, out on the stands it's like you know i was so focused on getting my spider-man and batman and stuff like that that it was far and few between that i'd get the charlton stuff and now it's like the charlton stuff i i want to i want i want to experience a lot a lot more because i'm so used to the other stuff yeah funny so you got anything else no i think i'm good all right well we can wrap this one up and then we'll hopefully do another one in two weeks yeah yeah that sounds great yeah you have a good one and uh, you can reach rob at twitter at at rob krieger you can reach joe at iowa's joe on twitter and me at mike myers brunch chris is at MythMaking etc and uh kirk is at big five army which he he tends to not be able to record on sundays but that seems to be our best time where it's we can he's get a good the boy. most of us well he's praying for our souls it's a good thing somebody is yeah well, we're kind of doing our the lord's work for comics but well, that's uh, kind of what i yeah, figured that's but, what's, yeah. what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> all right well, we'll talk to you later. You have a good right, one. Have, have a good rest of the I'm day. I'm glad Mike. you got your comics. You were getting worried there. It took a very long time, Michael. Ohio for a, it was. You in know, Ohio you know, they're really days. good if you call the 1-800 number. You're not online a lot, and they they do get things moving. Yeah. If they're stuck, so. It was just weird, but yeah, now I got because I went uh, bi-weekly, you know, so now yeah. I've got weeks worth. I got plenty to read now. 
I'm in, I'll be in good shape. Even if the next shipment is late, I'll still be in yeah. good shape. With Speaking with of, I, I, I have to go get my front door because the doorbell just rang and my oh. comics arrived like they normally <laughs> do on, on Sunday. Saturday or That's Sunday beautiful. is usually arrived. So. Yeah, it's, it's like Christmas. Yeah, there you go. All, All right, right, enjoy you have a good your uh, rest of the day. All right, okay. bye. Bye.